Hey there, this is the Evolution Sermon Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that our message makes your week a bit more awesome. See you in church. Today, the title of my message is Cutting Through the Noise. And before we begin, you know, I thought that we could watch a clip uh, before we start. All right, so let's watch a short clip. Do you need the most trusted battery in your noise-canceling headphones? Maybe not. Maybe you could trust your flight attendant won't be the chatty type. Hello, everyone. Welcome aboard. I'm Jason with a Y. Maybe you could trust your seatmate will be an introvert. I've been to South America. I've been to Mexico. Maybe you could trust everyone will settle in for 10 hours of peace and quiet. I'm excited for these long flights. I love them because it gets me out of the house. You could just trust Duracell. Okay, so don't worry, I'm not here to sell you a pair of noise-canceling earphones or to sell you Duracell uh, batteries, but I thought that the video would be actually a good illustration to kickstart the message for today. So like the video, you know, we are surrounded by so much noise in our lives, right? And the noises I'm referring to, you know, are more than just our surrounding noise. You know, but these noises also come from what we see, you know, what we watch and what we hear on social media. You know, the amount of information, data on the news and internet. You know, what people, the world around us are telling us and what are the voices that we are telling ourselves. You know, all these are noises in our lives. So in a report by We Are Social, it actually found that Singaporeans are spending an average of two hours and eight minutes on social media in a day. Shocking, right? So we are ever more connected to social media you know, our phones than to the people around us. You know, have you ever stopped to wonder, right, what, you know, to think about the number of advertisements, news that we are reading, watching and hearing in just that two hours? So I'm sure all of you have used the Google search engine before, right? Okay, you can't avoid it. So how many of you ever tried Googling, for example, the best coffee in Singapore? You know, anyone wants to make a guess how many search results are there? Okay, the answer is already on screen. 239 million results in 0.52 seconds. So if you stop to think about what that figure really means, right, that's 43 times the entire population of Singapore in a split second. So, you know, many of us, you know, we end up scrolling through the pages, you know, we spend one hour plowing through all the results and only 15 minutes to really enjoy that cup of coffee. Or if you ever tried searching for jobs before, right, you'll be familiar with this best career in Singapore. Okay, don't show first. Any guess how many results you'll get? Okay, and the result is 320 million. Wow, I don't think there's even that many of jobs in Singapore. Okay, so me being me, right, I decided to Google myself. Okay, wait, don't show. I decided to Google myself, all right? So I, wanted, I typed in Regina Lu, you know? And you want to make a guess how many results there were? Six million results. I was like, what? <laughs> okay, I didn't know there were six million Regina. Okay, so how many of you ever felt overwhelmed by the amount of information, data, and noise around you? Right? You know, you start to question, you know, what should I read? You know, which news outlet or accounts should I follow? You know, what's real, what's fake, you know, what's right? What's wrong? You know, and when this article tells me, you know, this is how I should live my life. This is how I should live my life as a 20-year-old, 30-year-old. 
is this legit? You know, is this really the way to create the best me? And I start a question. You know, I don't know how many articles I've read about on sleep. So last year, right, there was an article that said, if I sleep more than seven hours a day, you know, I will die young. <laughs> Oops. You know, oh, but then this year again, you know, when I Google sleep, you know, it shows me that if I sleep less than six hours a day, I might risk getting a heart attack. So which one is it? Should I sleep more than seven hours or less than six hours? <laughs> you know, so we live in a society, you know, with a constant influx of data that is just screaming for attention, right? And one of the most important abilities that, you know, we millennials and we Gen Z needs to develop is, develop is to actually have the ability to sift through information. You know, to filter through the noise that's all around us. You know why? Because if we don't, you know, you and I, we will spend our whole life, you know, chasing after the noise, feeling aimless, directionless, bec becoming everything that this noisy world says that you should be instead of who you really are. And because if you don't, the noise can paralyze you and stop you from being the best you. You see, the solution to all the noise that's around us, okay, is not to invest in a pair of noise-canceling earphones, although that will help a little, okay, but it's to identify the right voices that you and I should be listening to. And that is why one of the voices in our life that's so important that we ought to listen to is the voice of God. And there's really no secret way or 101 methods of hearing God's voice. It's simply taking time, you know, to cut the noise around you, to disconnect from social media, the world around you, and that's when you begin to connect to the one voice, and that belongs to God, our Creator. So there are two things I want to tell you today that happens when we hear God's voice, all right? And the first thing is that when we hear God speak to us, you know, we will have peace. So, I want to share with you a story. So, in the story, there was a king who offered a prize to the artist who would paint the best picture of peace, okay? So, many artists tried, and the king looked at all the pictures, but there were only two that he really liked and he had to choose from. So, one of the pictures was a picture of a calm lake. You know, the lake was a perfect mirror for peaceful towering mountains that were all around it. And the overhead was actually a blue sky, fluffy white clouds, and whoever saw the picture, you know, thought that this was a perfect picture of peace, right? And then there's the other picture. It had mountains too, but these were rugged and bare. You know, above was an angry sky from which rain fell and there was a lightning. You know, down the side of the mountain tumbled a waterfall, and that did not look peaceful at all. You know, but when the king looked further again, you know, he saw that behind the waterfall was a tiny bush growing in the crack of a rock. And there lay a mother bird on her nest. You know, in the midst of the rush of this angry water sat the mother bird on her nest. So which picture do you think won the prize? So the king chose the second picture. And you're right. Because, explained the king, he said, peace does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise trouble or hard work. Peace means to be in the midst of all those things and still be calm in your heart. That is the real meaning of peace. You see, so often, you know, we wish our lives looked like the first painting, right? I mean, I wish that every day. 
But the reality is, you know, our world looks more like the second painting. You know, there are days that don't go according to plan. In fact, more than often. You know, where it's nothing like what we had hoped for, dreamed of, or imagined. And the problems we face, you know, they weigh us down, they cripple us, they cause us to worry, they cause us to doubt. Friend, today, the voice of God wants to bring peace to you. You know, Philippians 4, 7, you know, verses on the slide, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So there's a well-known account in the Bible, a moment where Jesus' disciples, you know, they were in a boat out on the lake. So they were trying to cross this lake from one side to another side. Okay, and during the journey, there was actually a huge storm was occurring. So the storm was so bad that the boat that the disciples were on, right, was about to sink. And everyone in the boat was like, oh dear, gg.com, okay, this is it, this might be the end, you know. But at the height of the storm, you know, at the climax of this moment, Jesus comes to them. Walking on water in the midst of the storm. Wow. So I thought we could watch a clip for this moment, alright? So three, two, one, let's roll the video.
You need to be strong. Whoa. <laughs> okay, so, so the star in the Bible, you know, is really actually a metaphor for our lives. You see, Peter and the disciples, you know, most of them were fishermen. You know, they knew how to sail. They knew how to survive and thrive in water. But the fact of the matter is, you know, no matter how skilled and experienced we are, how in the place of our strength we might be, you know, none of us could ever avoid the unexpected storms in life. You know, none of us can be 100% safe and secure. You know, but the good news is there is one person who will always be able to be our peace in life. And that is Jesus. You see, Jesus was the peace in the storm. And Jesus is the peace in your storm. You see, when you hear God speak, you know, you will find peace no matter how tough your storm is. Just like what Sinking shared earlier. You know, but can I tell you something even more amazing? And that is even more than God's peace giving you a sense of calm. You know, God's peace will give you the strength and courage to walk on water. You see, to do what even you think you can't do. You know, to do more than what you can achieve on your own. And so, friend, today, you know, I want to challenge you. Would you tune in to the voice of God? You know, would you tune in to the sound of peace? You know, don't become like the typical Singaporean. You know, you're so busy trying to solve all the problems on your own, right? That you miss out on what God is trying to speak to you about the situation that you're in. You know, don't get distracted, you know, by the storm and the wind. You know, which to put it in our context is really the success the greats, the fame, the glitz, the glam, that you miss out on the chance of walking on water when Jesus calls out to you and He says, come. You know, but will you take a moment to listen out for that still small voice that is calling out to you in the midst of the storm? You know, because when you do so, you will find peace that will give you strength and courage to do more than what you can imagine, to be more than what you believe you are. Amen? All right, and the second thing that comes with God's voice is freedom. You see, we live in an imperfect society that's constantly labeling us. You know, the world is constantly telling us, you know, this is how you should dress, how you should speak, how you should look like, you know. And more than often, you know, we feel trapped in a box by the labels. You know, some of us here, we are stuck in a job that we hate just for the money, the recognition, so that it looks good on our resume. You know, we are stuck in a relationship that is not working out, but we are still holding on to it because we feel obligated that I have to get married, I have to have kids, because that's what my parents expect of me, that's what society expects of me. You know, we feel pressured to pursue a degree because everyone around me is having a degree. You know, and because everyone is telling me that it will open up more options in life, you know, really? You know, and we buy into the latest fashion designer bag, clothes, accessories, because we are wired by advertisements to believe that all those stuff enhances our, enhances our identity, you know, our self-worth. You know, and the thing is, we end up spending our whole life being who the world wants us to be, rather than who we were made to be. You know, it's no wonder, right, that recent studies are showing that six out of ten millennials, right, are going through something called a quarter-life crisis. You know, but friend, don't be afraid. The good news is the voice of God has the power to set you free from the labor society has placed on us. 
So Galatians 5.1, it says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. You see, when the world speaks, it confines you. But when God speaks, He defines you. You see, the world confines us by labelling you and I. They try to feed us into a box, right? But God gives us freedom by helping us to define who we really are in our core as a person. You know, and when I say God defines, you know, I don't want you to walk away thinking that God is just like the world, you know, trying to box you up in another box. You know, but what I really mean is God wants to tell you who you really are on the inside so that you can be free to be you and to break out of the box that the world has confined you in. You see, and when God speaks, you know, there are three things that He tells you, and that is He tells you your person. You know, so let's take a look at the life of Jesus' disciple, Peter again, okay? So Peter, you know, if you study him, he was notorious to be someone who is unstable, impulsive, and insecure. But Jesus saw beyond those labels. You know, and in the first account of the Bible, you know, when Jesus first met Peter in John 1.42, you know, look with me, the screen says, Then he took Simon to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Peter, which means a rock. And a rock symbolizes what? Stability, steadfastness, and security. You see, today it doesn't matter what the world labels you as. What matters is who God says you really are on the inside as a person. And the second thing that God will tell you is that He will tell you your potential. You see, Peter was a fisherman, you know, but Jesus saw the potential in him. In another passage, in Matthew 4, it says, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You see, while the world saw Peter as a fisherman, Jesus saw a leader. Jesus sees the potential in you that no one else can see. And the third thing that God will tell you is that He will tell you your purpose. You know, Matthew 16, 18, it says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. You know, God gives us purpose in our life today by telling us the why. You know, why we were created the way we are. You know, Peter is who he is because he was made to be one of the greatest apostles ever in history. You know, and today, similarly, you know, for all of us, we were made the way we are so different from the person beside you for a specific purpose. Amen? You know, but can I share just a little bit more about what's really amazing about our God? You see, God sees past, you know, all our mistakes, weaknesses, and failures. Jesus knew the mistakes that Peter was going to make. You know, he knew from the get-go that Peter was going to deny him three times. He knew from the get-go that, that Peter was going to betray him. But that did not stop Jesus 
from believing and calling out to Peter. You know, some of us here, you know, you have allowed your past, your mistakes, your failures to decide you and your future. You know, but friend, today, God wants to set you free from the prison that you have been boxing yourself in. You know, and I want to end off with just one story. And the title of the story is called, Who Am I? Who am I? When I was seven years old, my family was forced out of their home on a legal technicality and I had to work to help support them. At age nine, my mother died. At 22, I lost my job as a store clerk. I wanted to go to law school, but my education wasn't good enough. At 23, I went into debt to become a partner in a small store. At 26, my business partner died leaving me a huge debt that took years to repay. At 28, after courting a girl for four years, I asked her to marry me, and she said no. At 37, on my third try, I was elected to the US Congress, but two years later, I failed to be re-elected. At 41, my four-year-old son died. At 45, I ran for the Senate and lost. At 47, I failed as a vice presidential candidate. At 51, I was elected president of the United States. Who am I? I am Abraham Lincoln. You know, similarly, you know, like Abraham Lincoln, you know, I'm not someone with, without any mistakes or failures, right? You know, so some of my mistakes were when I was 18, you know, I remember I was going for this university interview I really wanted to get into it. It's actually NTU. You know, I was so nervous on interview, right? When the interviewer inter- interviewed me, I broke down and cried. <laughs> and of course, I flung the interview. When I was 21 or 22, like same thing, I actually messed up one of my university module and I got a U for it. Until today, right, it still stays on my transcript. I was like, oh, that U. <laughs> And when I was 23 or 24, you know, I think, I attempted driving and I failed twice. And bear you, it's auto, not even manual. <laughs> so, but standing before you, you know, I can be confident. I can laugh about all my mistakes, my failures, you know, because I know who I am. I know who I am as a person. I know my potential and I know my purpose. 